Welcome to More, the podcast where Debbie will explore real-life applicable ways to get more out of your life. And here's Debbie. Hello, everybody. How are you today? Um, We're already to episode number seven, and I hope you're enjoying the podcasts and learning and growing and sharing and I hope it gives you some food for thought and gives you something to think about as you go throughout your days. I just want to tell everybody out there I'm so grateful for each of you and the comments I'm getting back and the feedback and I hope that you're sharing the podcast with friends and cousins and family and and anybody that you feel can benefit. I hope you really like The Greatest Salesman in the World. Um, I've loved it for years and years and we're going to talk today about scroll number one so if you remember Hafid the young camel boy wanted to be learn the art of salesmanship from from Pathros um, one of the greatest salesmen and richest men at that time and he found he he gave him the scrolls that he had in this trunk And we're going to read the first scroll. So he opens the scroll and it says, Today I begin a new life. Today I shed my old skin, which hath too long suffered the bruises of failure and the wounds of mediocrity. Today I am born anew, and my birthplace is a vineyard where there is fruit for all. So I just want to talk a little bit about this, but... You know, isn't that what's one of the greatest things about life is that you can keep starting over and there's forgiveness and repentance and do-overs and and the majority of people forgive and forget and move on and and so we have the opportunity to start over and that's what's nice about a lot of things for us is we have the beginning of a new school year, the beginning of a new job or all kinds of new beginnings that give us a chance to shed our old skin and start new. And so just realize that every day we can renew and recommit to trying to do the best that we can. Um, and there's another thing in here that it says, uh, Today I am born anew and my birthplace is a vineyard where there is fruit for all. And we'll probably talk about this on a different podcast, go more into depth on just this one thing. But have you heard of the law of abundance? I mean, there's so many laws that maybe we don't hear about as much, just like the law of gravity. But you look at the law of abundance. It says where there is fruit for all. Really? If you look at like nature in God's creations, you look at everything that God makes, rocks, trees, flowers, weeds, um, anything, mountains, dirt, sand, it's just abundant, like never ending. And, and that stuff is there and it just never ends. And so if you really look at the creations of God and the things that are out there, there's abundance to be had for everyone. If you've ever been a part of growing a garden or helping anybody to grow a garden, like when you grow some fruits or vegetables or if you have a fruit tree or something, there's more than you can even 
it's there's so much fruit and so much vegetables that you can't even get rid of it all. There's just so much. And often people who have those things, a lot goes to waste. And so one thing that I think that is interesting to think about is don't hold your mind in the thought of lack. There's not enough for me. There's not enough for my family or whatever. Hold your mind in the thought of abundance, that there is fruit for all. And there is truly a law of abundance, and I really believe that there is so much out there for us to partake of. So that's just a side note. And then he goes on to say, Today I will pluck grapes of wisdom from the tallest and fullest vines in the vineyard, for these were planted by the wisest of my profession who have come before me, generation upon generation. Today I will savor the taste of grapes from these vines, and verily I will swallow the seed of success buried in each and new life will sprout within me. And also I think it's really important to have this mindset that, hey, I'm going to be a participant in the fruit of success and that success is going to come my way and believe it and know it and not choose to take our mind in other areas. So it's so easy to turn and become negative, like I can't do this or I'm not good at that. Everybody else is better than me. Everybody's situation is better And truly, those are choices that you make when you allow yourself to think on those things. The scroll goes on to say, The career I have chosen is laden with opportunity, yet it is fraught with heartbreak and despair, and the bodies of those who have failed, where they pile one on top of another, would cast a shadow down upon all the pyramids of the earth. Yet I will not fail as the others. For in my hands I now hold the charts which will guide me through perilous waters to shores which only yesterday seemed but a dream. Failure will no longer be my payment for struggle. Just as nature made no provision for my body to tolerate pain, neither has it made any provision for my life to suffer failure. And I think this is a really powerful sentence. It says, Failure's Nature didn't make provision for my body to tolerate pain. Isn't it interesting how our bodies actually heal themselves? The other day I cut myself quite, um, it was a pretty good cut with a brand new knife and I was cutting a watermelon and the watermelon was, you know, beginning of the season, it wasn't the best watermelon and it didn't cut well and I went right through my finger and honestly, it sliced it pretty good, but I just held it there. I put a Band-Aid on it and bled, and it bled a little bit, but I put two or three Band-Aids on it, and it was very painful for probably two weeks. And after I finally pulled the Band-Aid off, I was showing my husband. He's like, you should have had stitches on that thing. But I, I never did get stitches. I just pushed it together, and it healed itself. And it is so true that our bodies heal themselves so often. And so... It says here, just as nature made no provision for my body to tolerate pain, neither has it made any provision for my life to suffer failure. So we really have to believe that. And you know how at the beginning of the book, he says, or not the beginning, but in in the book, he talks about how failure will never overtake me if my determination to succeed is strong enough. And I truly believe that. You will not be failures at anything if your determination to succeed is strong enough. There are those people who, how he talks in the book, 
fail, people have failed and they're piled one on top of another because they give up so easily. And we have to learn that we can't give up. We have to keep going. And then the scroll goes on to say, failure like pain, pain, failure like pain is alien to my life. In the past, I accepted it as I accepted pain. Now I reject it and I am prepared for wisdom and principles which will guide me out of the shadows into the sunlight of wealth, position, and happiness far beyond my most extravagant dreams, until even the golden apples in the Garden of Hesperides will seem no more than my just reward. And a lot of a lot of people out there now especially like love and get into Greek mythology and fantasy. So in Greek mythology, the Hesperides are the nymphs of evening and golden light of sunset. And the golden apples represent God's immortality and perpetual youth. So then he goes on to say, Time teaches all things to him who lives forever, but I have not the luxury of eternity. Yet within my allotted time, I must practice the art of patience. For... Nature acts never in haste. To create the olive, king of all trees, a hundred years is required. An onion plant is old in nine weeks. I have lived as an onion plant. It has not pleased me. Now I was become the greatest of olive trees and in truth, the greatest of salesmen. So he talks about, I must practice the art of patience. So I'd like to talk a little bit about patience. I think in our world today, we get everything so quickly, like with, especially with the internet and the apps and our phones, we have everything at like within the touch of our fingertips whenever we want it so quickly and so easily. We can see anything. I remember as a little kid, it was the coolest thing. The Wizard of Oz would come on and every year it would come on. But only once a year. We could only watch it watch it once a year. And so we had to wait for it. And when it came on, it was like a big event. We had a special dinner and we always watched it. And it was just so fun. And I think we don't we don't cultivate the art of patience anymore because we have everything at, at our fingertips, whatever we want. And so when we don't get the things that we want, we become frustrated easily. And so I think just learn thinking a little bit about having some patience is something that we can work on. Uh, Patience is really tied very closely to faith. If you think about it, if you have patience, then you have faith in knowing that those things will happen for you and those things will come. And patience is confidence, not anxiousness. We it's not just simply the ability to wait, but it's how we behave while we're waiting. And so I think that we need to think a little bit more about working on being patient and knowing that not everything's going to come right this very minute and that we have to work at things and that anything that comes that's worthwhile, you worked for it. And if you didn't work for it, it's not as valuable to you. And so we have to recognize that patience is part of the process and not get too quick to think we have to have something immediately and right now. But things that really matter, things that really come that are worthwhile, take patience. 
I mean, if you think about it in sports or in school, nothing, you don't get anything immediately. You don't get the championship on the first game. You, you know, you don't become the most valuable player the first time you played. And so that award or any of those things that we get become meaningful because we know that we worked at them. And so we can't take that, that, um, thing out of our lives. We can't eliminate the weight. We have to recognize that that's part of the process and that's what develops us and makes us strong and better. A man named Dieter Uchtdorf tells a story about a 1960s study and they were studying four-year-old kids and they put, you know, preschool kids and they put a, a marshmallow, a large marshmallow right in front of them and said they could eat it right now or if they waited for 15 minutes, they could have two marshmallows. And they left the kids alone, and they watched through a mirror, a two-mirror, what would happen, what happened. And immediately some of the kids couldn't wait, and they just ate their marshmallow right away. Some of the kids waited a little bit, and then they gave in. And only 30% of the kids were able to wait. And then in this Stanford University study, they went and followed these kids that waited and and the ones that didn't wait also. And they discovered, interestingly, that those children who could not wait struggled later in life and had more behavioral problems, while those who waited tended to be more positive and better motivated and have higher grades and incomes and healthier relationships. So isn't that an interesting study? And so we we know that patience is a precious and rare virtue, and we need to work on cultivating that more. Um, patience is a purifying process that refines our understanding, deepens happiness, and focuses action and offers hope and peace. All of us know that with someone younger, we give in to them what they want and we hear the thing called like a temper tantrum. Little kids throw a temper tantrum and those who get the temper tantrum and they get whatever they want all the time, they become, you know, quote unquote little brats, right? They, they become so spoiled and want anything that they want all the time. And so in all of us know, cause we've seen it over and over again, we all know that this is not healthy for us. So I think there's something important to note about being patient. Patience is not just enduring or waiting. Like I said earlier, it's how we behave while we're waiting. Um, it means staying with something and doing all that we can. Working and hoping and developing skills while we wait and it also, like I said, is tied closely to faith. And you have to believe that if you continue to work on things and develop and work on developing skills that with time, those skills will turn profitable for you in whatever situation comes to you. I mean, I can relate it to everything that I do. I mean, just, just the podcast, the podcast alone, I mean... You know, I think, oh, it, it would be easy to quit because I don't have 100 million listeners and I don't have people knocking down my door or whatever. But really, you know, it's just about 
sticking with something over a long period of time. And that's when you really become successful at things. Anybody that has done that, I, I has, you know, all the Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer, Michael Jordan, none of them became an instant success. Everything happens with time. And I think when you look at the opposite of patience, which is impatience, it it is a symptom of selfishness, isn't it? I mean, it you're self-absorbed. You want what you want. You can't focus on anything else. Um, it becomes like you're the center of the universe syndrome, which really leads people to believe that the world revolves around them and that everybody else are just like the supporting cast to what they want. And that doesn't do anything for our ourselves and our self-development and who we want to become in the end. Sometimes patience also means delaying gratification or giving up something now for something better later. Great athletes don't indulge themselves in cookies and candy and ice cream and everything that they could ever imagine. Um, If they want to be a great athlete, they have to eat healthy. And so you have to give up something now for something later. And that is also part of patience. And those things take discipline and self-control. But really, that's what this podcast is about, really, isn't it? Wanting more for yourself. And when to get more, you have to sometimes sacrifice smaller things for greater outcomes. Dieter Uchtdorf says that patience means to abide in faith, knowing that sometimes it's in the waiting rather than in the receiving that we grow the most. Okay, so the scroll continues now and it says, and how will this be accomplished? How am I going to become the greatest of salesmen? For I have neither the knowledge nor the experience to achieve greatness, and I already have stumbled in ignorance and fallen into pools of self-pity. The answer is simple. I will commence my journey unencumbered with either the weight of unnecessary knowledge or the handicap of meaningless experience. Nature already has supplied me with knowledge and instinct far greater than any beast in the forest, and the value of experience is overrated usually by old men who nod wisely and speak truth stupidly. In truth, experience teaches thoroughly, yet her course of instruction devours men's years, so the value of her lessons diminishes with the time necessary to acquire her special wisdom. The end finds it wasted on dead men. Furthermore, experience is comparable to fashion. An action that proved successful today will be unworkable and impractical tomorrow. Only principles endure, and these I now possess. For the laws that will lead me to the greatest are contained in the words of these scrolls. What they will teach me is more more to prevent failure than to gain success. For what is success other than a state of mind? So we've talked about mindset so much. And you really have to believe and you have to stop yourself. Like I said earlier, just stop. Tell yourself in your mind, you say stop. I can't tell you how many times I do that within my own mind. I just say, stop thinking about those negative things. Which two among, continuing on the scroll, which two among a thousand wise men will define success in the same words? Yet failure is always described but one way. Failure is men's inability to reach his goals in life, whatever they may be. In truth, 
The only difference between those who have failed and those who have succeeded lies in the difference of their habits. Good habits are the key to all success. Bad habits are the unlocked door to failure. Thus, the first law I will obey, which precedeth all others, is I will form good habits and become their slave. As a child, I was slave to my impulses. Now I am slave to my habits, as all as are all grown men. I have surrendered my free will to the years of accumulated habits, and the past deeds of my life have already marked out a path with threatens to imprison my future. My actions are ruled by appetite, passion, prejudice, greed, love, fear, environment, habit, and the worst of these tyrants is habit. Therefore, I must be a slave to habit. Let me be a slave. Therefore, if I must be a slave to habit, let me be a slave to good habits. My bad habits must be destroyed and new furrows prepared for good seed. I will form good habits and become their slave. So this is so important. Have you... We we live almost daily by habit after habit after habit after habit. I heard something once, a friend of mine said, that when you, if you want to create a new good habit, link it to something you're already doing. So if every day, you know, whatever you do, whatever you do, if you get up in the morning, you get in the shower and you, let's say you forget to brush your teeth, then if you always brush your teeth, like when you're in the shower, then, you know, you link it to something that you've already, you're already doing, then it, it becomes ingrained with you. It's funny. Um, I call my mom every day and it's, I always call her when I'm driving home from work. And if I do, if I'm not driving home from work and I'm headed somewhere else, I I forget to call my mom. And it's so funny how we we live through habits. So if you want to start a new good habit, find something that you're doing already and link it to that. And so it really it really can be a way to add some good habits to your life. And they say it takes 21 days of doing the same thing over and over again to build a habit. So start be building good habits you know, find, but this is the thing. Don't do everything at once. Do one small thing. Um, I tell my kids at school, little by little, a little becomes a lot. And it's so true. It's all the little things that make such a big difference. A few thoughts about habit that I just really love is that we are what we repeatedly do. Excellent then, excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Each choice starts a behavior that becomes a habit. Successful people aren't born that way. They become successful by establishing the habits of doing things unsuccessful people don't like to do. And I see it all the time. Um, I tell my students, the best students ask questions. And really, it's so true because the students that aren't successful, they don't want to do the work that it takes to be successful. And especially in math, where I teach math, the key is to check your answers and find out why you did it wrong and change it. But the, the students that aren't willing to do that, they're not as successful. So listen to this again. Successful people aren't born that way. They become successful by establishing the habit of doing things unsuccessful people don't like to do. It's so true. Practice isn't the thing you do once you're good. It's the thing you do that makes you good. I tell, we talk about that so much. Nobody is born 
great at something. You become good because of what you work at. Um, Bruce Lee said this, and my husband, and that's my husband too, but this is the famous Bruce Lee. He said, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks, but I do fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. So in reality, you know, there's no way around the hard work, but hard work leads and little by little, you know, start now and live in the moment and do a little bit every day. And that makes such a difference. We talk, I, I talk a lot about vis- visualization at school and with my de- meditation. And we'll talk about that more here. But I have something that I found years and years ago about breaking the habit. So if you have a bad habit that you want to get over, it this paper says, Whatever external guidance and support you choose to help you break your habit, the main change takes place internally. You're the one who chose to have the habit. Allowing is choosing, and this empowers you to be the one who chooses to break it. Both choices begin within. This visualization offers some internal guidance and support to help you break the habit. In your mind's eye, how do you see yourself in relation to your habit? Is your inner inner image that of you indulging in your habit? If it is, you're reinforcing the habit, not the change. And you're diminishing the positive effects of whatever external steps you're taking. So this says to make a mental picture of yourself engaged in your habit. It might be a slapdash sketch or a muddy painting or a black and white photograph. See it clearly with as much detail as possible. Remember how unpleasant the after effects felt. Break the engagement to your habit. Do this by picturing a black cord encircling you and your habit, binding the two of you together, and fill the tightness and the lack of freedom and cut the cord. And then it says after that, then you then to create good habits is you you visualize a second color picture of you engaged in doing something positive that's only possible if you've broken your habit. And and so it's really. I think visualization is so important. You have to visualize yourself doing the things that you want to do and and letting go of the things that you want to let go. Everything is so much, it's mental work. It's all mental work. And I'll tell you, when I was younger, I read um, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Excellent, excellent. And which is one of the things I'll probably do on this podcast is go through that book. It was so good. But you know what I told myself when I was like, whatever, 20? Oh, it's too hard. I don't want to do it. And now, I mean, not that I completely gave up and never tried, but I think if I was young and I was 15 or 16 or any age, 12, and I was willing to work at this every day and and recognize it and know that I could do this, I can't believe where my life might be. And, and of course I did work at it some cause I have made a great life, but I'm, and I'm so dedicated to doing this more is to really mentally working on creating good habits and changing my mindset. And this makes all the difference for life. So then the scroll goes on to say, um, and how will I accomplish this difficult feat? Meaning I will form good habits and become their slave. And how will I accomplish this difficult feat? 
Through these scrolls it will be done, for each scroll contains a principle which will drive a bad habit from my life and replace it with one which will bring me closer to success. For it is another of nature's laws that only a habit can subdue another habit. So that's why how I talked about linking one habit to another. So in order for these written words to perform their chosen task, I must discipline myself within, with the first few of my new habits, which is as follows. I will read each scroll for 30 days in this prescribed manner before I proceed to the next scroll. So this is like creating a new habit, reading these words. First, I will read the words in silence when I arise. Then I will read the words in silence after I have partaken of my midday meal. Last, I will read the words again just before I retire at day's end. And most important, on this occasion, I will read the words aloud. On the next day, I will repeat this procedure and I will continue in like manner for 30 days. Then I will turn to the next scroll and repeat this procedure for another 30 days. I will continue in this manner until I have lived with each scroll for 30 days and my reading has become habit. And what will be accomplished with this habit? Herein lies the secret, hidden secret of all man's accomplishments. As I repeat the words daily, they will soon become part of my active mind. But more important, they will also seep into my other mind, which is our subconscious. And truly, it's the subconscious that rules everything that we do. So if we can replace a lot of positive or negative things with positive on a continual basis, it will become our subconscious. And then he says, that mysterious source which never sleeps, which is the subconscious, which creates my dreams and often makes me act in ways I do not comprehend. And that's a whole podcast in itself, learning about the conscious and the subconscious. And it might be a little deep, but, but really... These are these are such key um, things to key points to creating success. As the words of these scrolls are consumed by my mysterious mind or subconscious, I will begin to awake each morning with a vitality I have never known before. My vigor will increase, my enthusiasm will rise, my desire to meet the world will overcome every fear I once knew at sunrise, and I will be happier than I ever believed it possible to be in this world of strife and sorrow. Eventually, I will find myself reacting to all situations with confront me as I was commanded in the scrolls to react. And so these actions and reactions will become easy to perform for any act with practice becomes easy. Thus, a new and good habit is born for when an act becomes easy through constant repetition, it becomes a pleasure to perform. And if it is a pleasure to perform, it is man's nature to to perform it often. When I perform it often, it becomes a habit and I will become its slave. And since it is a good habit, this is my will. Today I begin a new life and I make a solemn oath to myself that nothing will retard my new life's growth. I will lose not a day from these readings for that day cannot be retrieved, nor can I substitute another for it. I must not, I will not break this habit of daily reading from these scrolls. And in truth, the few moments spent each day on this new habit are but a small price to pay for the happiness and success that will be mine. As I read and reread the words in the scrolls to follow, never will I allow the brevity of each scroll nor the simplicity of its words to cause me to treat the scroll's message lightly. Thousands of grapes are pressed to fill one jar with wine, and the grape skin and pulp are tossed to the birds. So it is with these grapes of wisdom from the ages." Much has been filtered and tossed to the wind. Only the pure truth lies distilled in the words to come. I will drink as instructed and spill not a drop. And the seed of success I will swallow. 
Today my old skin has become as dust. I will walk tall among men, and they will know me not, for today I am a new man with a new life. And I can tell you that I literally have worked on this and worked on this and worked on this, and I have read these scrolls over and over and and a lot of other things. I'm I'm super religious, and I deeply believe in God, and I, I read the scriptures um, daily, and I truly believe that when you commit yourself to doing good things, that you can change the way that you think and the way that you act and the way that you react in negative ways. So I'm going to commit to, to working on this again, to starting anew and trying and, and reading these scrolls three times a day along with the other things that I read. And I am going to continue to make my life and step my life up and create new habits and do good things. And I will tell you that this these scrolls are on the internet. You can find them um, if you want to read them. They're, they're on the internet. You can find them everywhere. So... I hope you've liked liked this podcast. I hope it gives you something to think about. And I hope that you make today something worth counting and that you are creating more out of your life. And I just want you to know that I love every one of you and I'm so grateful for all of you and this opportunity that I have to do this podcast. And I hope that you will email me at howtobemore333 at gmail.com and that you will share this podcast and make your life happen happen. Thanks everybody and have a great week until next week and scroll number two. And I'm telling you scroll number two is my favorite. So I hope you're excited about it. We'll see you next week.